0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Max Danielson Show. I'm your host, Max Danielson, here with episode number 47, uh, just a few episodes away from the big 50. Um, Insane to think that it's about to be 50 episodes of this show. Um, As you could probably guess, uh, the show was supposed to be last week, and we were supposed to have a guest, but he did not get back to me. on that Friday we were supposed to record so we decided we're gonna record Saturday didn't get back to me on that day so I said okay let's record Sunday so yeah originally it was supposed to go up Saturday then I was like okay I'm just gonna push it back to Sunday which is Valentine's Day by the way happy Valentine's Day uh hopefully uh those of you who are uh, coupled up uh had a good Valentine's Day." Uh, For the people that were in Texas that were all snowed in, um, yeah, that that was a a bit difficult. Uh, However, for me, I didn't need to worry about that uh, for a few reasons, but not the time or place to talk about that uh, on the podcast. But uh, what is the time and place to talk about is sports, which is, I mean, what our show's been founded upon. 47 episodes, and still is the same uh, as it began, though. Uh, We've implemented some new things into it, which I'm very thankful for. Um, But, I mean, what a ride. It's been about to be 50 episodes. uh, And I really want to do something for 50 episodes. I just don't know what. So, uh, well, we'll see what that... uh, 50th episode does that'll probably be coming out i imagine sometime in mid-march early april so be on the lookout for that uh next week's episode though will be on next not this upcoming saturday but the next saturday uh since i just other i mean okay we'll see because it really all depends how much news comes out this week if a lot of news comes out this upcoming week then yes for sure um, I'll do that, but if not, then, uh, you know, then I guess we won't, but, um, anywho, let us get into uh, the big things in sports, and uh, a few weeks ago, actually, on the uh, week of opening day for the Austin College baseball team, uh, which I secured my first collegiate win, which is a really cool uh, experience for me, um, that Night was actually the Super Bowl and of course Tom Brady uh I mean what's more to say about the dude he is the goat he is just you know I, and I keep in mind I'm also a big time Aaron Rodgers fan I'm I'm a big time Green Bay fan but I cannot disregard um the level of just greatness of Tom Brady and especially what they did in that off season uh to really bring in those pieces most of those pieces if you remember We're not there originally besides Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, and uh, as well, O.J. Howard. Um, I mean, Tom Brady brought back his tight end, Rob Gronkowski. You saw them bring in Antonio Brown. Uh, You saw them also bring in Leonard Fournette halfway through the year. So they had a lot of interesting pieces there. And a lot of the pieces also, uh, kind of that uh, mid-2010s, like, all-star team or like just the the some of the best players in the nfl at the time i mean antonio brown tom brady rob gronkowski uh and the defense that domica or the domica um a lot of those guys in there and i know jason pierre paul um a lot of those guys were really in their prime in the in the uh, mid 2010s um and it's great to watch them win a super bowl and uh Great to watch kind of Brady just go on and just absolutely just keep dominating uh, the game of football. Now, I will speak about Aaron Rodgers as well as he won the MVP for the season. His stats, 43, almost 4,300 yards, 4,299 to be exact, uh, 48 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. Him and Patrick Mahomes had uh, great years, but of course, you cannot disrespect Aaron Rodgers and just what he's had to put up with. and what the front office has put him through this past uh, few seasons. I mean, you take a look at who they drafted. They drafted Jordan Love in the first round in a very, very heavy wide receiver class. I mean, he had a chip on his shoulder, um, and he went out there and proved to them, you know, hey, I'm your quarterback, and, uh, you know, I hope that they do. Rodgers wants to stay a Packer, but he doesn't even know if the front office wants to, which— I mean, if you know kind of this front office, they they are a brand new management, and when you bring in usually a new management management, sorry, they want their own team, they want their own kind of team that they've built. So that's why they went for Jordan Love and AJ Dillon. Not only the fact that they could be losing Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the off season, um, God forbid we do, but honestly, I have no idea how they how they really will um, keep them, but. We'll just have to see how that goes um, as far as the offseason goes here, I believe starting in about a month. Uh, For Rookie of the Year, for Offensive Rookie of the Year, it was Justin Herbert, who really, I mean, it would have been, I think, Joe Burrow had he not gotten injured. But, I mean, what Herbert did on the Chargers was pretty great this season too. He had over 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, not a bad year for him and especially the weapons he kind of has uh in los angeles i I really like especially um keenan allen to be specific um it's gonna be really really fun to watch his career pan out and just kind of see uh how he plays and especially um how kind of the city of los angeles is coming up uh with their teams in football um on the defensive side for Rookie of it was Chase Young for the Washington football team and will still be the Washington football team next year. Uh, he had 7.5 sacks on the season. Really kind of kept Washington uh, in the midst of a really, really shitty division. Um, I mean, just shit upon shit upon shit upon shit in that division. Uh, pardon my French on that. <laughs> um, or how many times I've dropped that S-bomb in that one sentence, but... Um, I mean, there, there's not really much to to expect you know, out of Chase Young. I mean, he's one of the top players in the draft. He was the top defensive player, so not much surprise for me kind of what he's done. Um, and, of course, he's just going to be a force to be reckoned with in the f- next few years. And kind of speaking along with the Washington football team, Comeback Player of the Year, it, it was an obvious choice. Alex Smith, I mean, a guy that literally his football career almost was gone i mean the same injury of joe theisman um and kind of very the similarities between those two uh in their injuries is very very scary uh but it's awesome to see that he did uh get back out there in his plan so i mean really my heart goes out to alex smith i mean he just if you want a comeback story if you want motivation look up alex smith and kind of read about his story because it really, really is um, just an amazing story, to say the least. Now, um, going on to the Hall of Fame selections for this year, it's really rounded out, of course, by the big ones. Peyton Manning, Calvin Johnson, whose career was unfortunately cut short because of the shit show in Detroit. Um, Charles Woodson, I mean, Packer legend. But specifically, one guy I want to uh, address. And I think it's awesome that they finally got him to into the Hall of Fame. Uh, One of the greatest Dallas Cowboys of all time, uh, Drew Pearson. I mean, I love the guy. I've met him a few times. Great guy. I mean, his roast, uh, God, uh, uh, against the Eagles in the NFL draft a few years ago was hilarious, to say the least, but it's awesome to see uh, that he finally gets the recognition. He deserves the original uh, double eights there. So congratulations to all of them, uh, and especially Drew Pearson on that. Now, going on to a few big things that have kind of came out. First of all, I'll actually tackle the uh, the Colts situation with uh, acquiring Carson Wentz in a deal. So Philly really going towards Jalen Hurts, which uh, I don't blame them for going towards Jalen Hurts. I mean, in, in the games he played, he did pretty well as a rookie, and especially kind of they they want they've been wanting to move on from Carson Wentz, and I think personally. This is a really great opportunity for Carson Wentz. He's going to have more time in the pocket, I think, this year. His defense is going to be better. Um, I think he's going to have a few more options in Indianapolis than he did in Philadelphia. So I really think this is a great jump for his career um, and kind of what he can do there. Um, But, I mean, other than that, I think he's going to do way better than he did in Philly, 100%. If he doesn't... The Colts are going to have something on their hands to really worry about. But hopefully they don't. I don't think it will be that way, but who knows. Um, And then the final thing I really want to talk about when it comes to the NFL is the Houston Texans releasing J.J. Watt. Now, I really want to talk about my predictions on to where he lands. I really think um, he lands in one of three places. Realistically, I think one of three places. First one, and I say this is the most realistic option, is going to Green Bay. Now, the reason, and I'm not saying that because I'm a Packers fan. I say that because, number one, he grew up in Wisconsin. Number two, he was a diehard Green Bay fan. Uh, is it, At his graduation speech at Wisconsin, he mentioned that his entire closet was decked out in Packer and Badger gear. Um, but more specifically, also, Um, Another similar reason, and I will kind of state this alongside two, really two reasons. Number one, Green Bay could use a player like J.J. Watt. Number two, his wife plays in Chicago. Um, That's just a few uh, hours away. Now, same time, I believe she's also a Packers fan, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be mistaken. I'm not quite sure. Um, But that also leads into my second prediction, I think. Uh, This is the least likely prediction, in my opinion. The only reason I really give this as an option is because where his wife plays, and that's with the Chicago Bears. Now, I don't think, as a diehard Green Bay fan, he goes to Chicago. I do not think so, because coming from myself as uh, as a Packers fan, we hate the Bears with a passion, a fiery passion at that, you know. You have the Vikings, okay, you know, we hate them. The Lions, nothing really to be worried about. But when it comes to the Bears, there is a hatred for the Bears. So I don't think he goes to the Bears. Now, the second prediction I think is another more likely prediction is to team up with his brother TJ um, in Pittsburgh. Now, I think this could be an option because of that and kind of that he wants to go to a really great contender, of course, Basic attender as well, but especially to play alongside his brother, I think that'd be a really great opportunity for him. However, the big thing is the cap situation in Pittsburgh, which I don't think realistically um, is going to work there. Now, of course, I can also see him uh, as I say a lot of times, a dark horse, uh, a darker horse team that I think he would go to um along with of course the obvious go join Tom Brady on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, go get a ring and all this. But another one I could see is the Cleveland Browns of all teams. I think that kind of the similar situation that I think he would fit really, really nicely in Cleveland, but also the fact that it's at least semi-decent close to Chicago um, versus Houston. So I think really he's going to stay in that Midwest. My prediction is he goes to a team in the Midwest, wherever that may be. I think realistically his 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 destination is gonna be Green Bay that's that's also coming from a Packer's fan so I could be completely wrong reports have came out that say uh, that that is the the uh the most realistic possibility uh for where he goes and signs but who really knows we'll kind of have to just watch free agency and kind of see how that all plays out uh for that situation. Now, going on to the MLB, I kind of really want to uh, dive into this topic, which is the whole sweepstakes where Trevor Bauer finally ended as he decided to go home to Los Angeles and become a Los Angeles Dodger um, in a three year deal that gives him opt outs, not only this upcoming year, but the year afterwards. Um, I think this is a great addition for the defending uh, World Series champion, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Because not only do you have Bauer now in the rotation, but you also also have Clayton Kershaw, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. You also have Walker Buehler, who's coming up um, to be a great piece for them as well. And you also have a lot of other guys uh, in that rotation as well. You can also put Dustin May in there. Uh, You put David Price, see how he kind of comes back to that uh, starter role. Um, You really have a lot of options where it comes to that pitching rotation um, in Los Angeles. And not only to mention as well, their team is, I mean, they still have a great team. They did lose some pieces, however. Uh, One of the pieces, though, that was very crucial for that team that they somehow kept, I don't know how they did, because I believe they're over $240 million in cap right now and have re-signed fan favorite Justin Turner, Uh, Pop-Tart as a lot of people call him, um uh, i mean he was a really big part of that team and especially also the fact that he got covid during that final game um and they kind of pulled him which makes it still doesn't make sense to me because you're he's already been out there for seven freaking innings already i mean what what more really is it to hurt now of course i may get called out by cancel culture and the whole covid culture uh about that and like that it's not safe and all that it's like why do you wait to pull him that long like if he's out there it's the world series i get it health concerns and all that but still this is the world series like they did let him go out for the trophy celebration which is good but still that that kind of does not sit well with me now Speaking of uh, NL teams around the California area that are just absolutely killing it, you also have the San Diego Padres, who are going to be a team to watch, and they they uh, re-signed their young star Fernando Tatis Jr. to a mega mega extension, a fourteen-year, three hundred and forty million dollar contract. Um, just, I personally think he got a, he could have gotten way more out of this deal, but I mean. It's good that I mean the the Padres are locking him up as I mean he's he's their cornerstone right now to that franchise. Um he kind of was the cornerstone to that rebuild and when they uh got rid of James Shields and got Tatis from Chicago um I mean he's really blossomed and I and I got to see him in person when he was in Double A and just he is a freaking amazing shortstop and especially he's brought kind of the game of baseball back and is really reviving the game along with trevor bauer so i really like tatis jr he's one of my favorite players uh, especially since watching him in double a he's one of my favorite players to watch and as well another uh guy who kind of they got under the radar was mark Milanson uh or Milansan um depending how you pronounce it uh i've heard both but anywho so this was a big, uh, or really a very under the radar sign. If you remember how big of a piece he was to the to the uh, Braves bullpen last year uh, during the postseason, I mean, he he's been a he's been a really great reliever all of his career, and I think he can really uh, take a step uh, in that bullpen for the Padres this season. I mean, they have already a great rotation, um, and not only to mention their starting rotation rotation, but they're improving their bullpen, which out of everything that need to improve after they really solidified their starting rotation for years to come was their bullpen. Uh, so I really like this deal as is. Now, speaking of a deal uh, on the flip side now of a deal I do not like, happens to be with the Texas Rangers trading away Elvis Andrews to the Oakland Athletics for Chris Davis. Now, I don't get this fucking deal. I do not get it one bit. I get it, all right? I get that we're trying to go into a rebuild and you want to shed cap space, but why do we need Chris Davis of all people? Sure, he had his great season hitting, and if he can revive that season, I think he could be a great piece for the Rangers, but getting rid of a fan favorite, and especially kind of the guy who's been around this team for as long as, I mean, I can remember. He was around during the... 10 and 11 World Series days. I mean, he's been around for a long, long time. I just think if they were going to trade him, it should have been a few few seasons ago. It really should have because his trade value is way down than it was a few years ago. And this is something. This is something the Rangers are notorious for. Not only did they do it with Mar- or with uh, Mike Miner, they did it with Lance Lynn. And now they do it with Elvis Andrews. There's a lot of guys... Who they are just so hesitant to trade. Now, in the past, I get why they didn't. Because, of course, a guy by the name of John Daniels was in office and really just, I mean, he fucked up everything. I'm not even going to sugarcoat. He fucked up a lot of things with this team. Um, He pissed away a, a great future for the Rangers trying to win it all when they clearly didn't have all the pieces ready for it and they went all in and there's a problem and and i've said this analogy before i think a few times on this podcast when you make those big splashes enough of those big splashes there's not going to be any water left in the pool and when those splashes are done you have to look around and say okay what do we have left and when you don't have much water in the pool You're screwed until you can fill that pool right back up. And for the Rangers, we've seen from 2016 on, it's been that way. And it's going to be that way, I think, for the next five years, that they're still filling up this pool again in order to be okay. That's why I'm, I'm both for and against the big splashes. Because if you make them, it can really, really... Especially... And I don't mean signing. I don't mean the signings. I mean the trades. Because... We've seen how many trades have not worked out for the Rangers in the past. We've also seen how many trades have worked out for the Rangers in the past. It's a very, very weird dilemma when it comes to baseball in Arlington. So I I really have no idea what to think about for this team. Um, But moving on to another trade that happened, which was kind of interesting, this trade, uh, which was the Royals acquiring Andrew Penitendi. I think this is a great trade for the Royals to get a guy like Ben a really under the radar kind of guy in his time in Boston I mean he's always been a solid outfielder not necessarily the greatest bat and kind of got overshadowed by Mookie Betts um and then once Mookie left I mean Boston pretty much became irrelevant again um, besides in the NBA and of course also in the NHL with the Bruins um and also became kind of irrelevant with the New England Patriots once Tom Brady left. So a lot of things that have have happened up uh up in the Northeast that have kind of both kept the city relevant and irrelevant at the same time. But I think this is a great thing for the Royals, especially kind of now they're kind of starting to get back on their rebuild. Um, I mean they got Bobby Witt Jr. Um, in the uh, in the farm system. They got a lot of guys. You kind of have the aging Salvador Perez behind the plate. It'll be only a few more years, I think, that he'll still be in the majors um, with that. But honestly, I think this is a great deal for uh, Kansas City. Not much really to talk about on that. Uh, Moving on, though, to the NBAs. We're going to have the last two topics and wrap this uh, quick episode up fairly quickly, actually. Uh, LeBron James reaching his 35,000th point. I mean... What can you say about the man? I mean, he's he's one of the greatest to play. He, you know, a lot of people consider him. Uh I it, I'm I'm very much debatable with who is the go MJ or LeBron. I'm on both sides of it. Really once Kobe passed away, I became more so the fact, you know, respect them for where they were and kind of the position they played and the 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 uh the impact they had on the game of basketball. So, I mean, LeBron's going to be in this league for at least, I think, three more le- years. At the very, very... Realistically, I think he's going to be in the year for about six more years. Realistically, I think. Because, I mean, LeBron is aged like fine wine. He is still balling for the Lakers. I mean, we saw what he did last year in the NBA Finals. I mean, he's still... He's still the king. He really is. Um, and I know a lot of people give him shit because of the NBA Finals. Um, especially 2011. My Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> um... And Dirk Nowitzki, um, but I mean, what's more to say really about? I mean, he he's one of the most skilled players we have ever seen, and I think personally the most skilled player we've ever seen in the NBA. Um, just Jordan, the clutchness he had. I mean, you have Kobe who is the most clutch. You have LeBron who's the most skilled, and then you just have Jordan who's the best overall of the two. You know. You have the clutches that Kobe had and the overall that LeBron have, and you put it together. You got Jordan right there. Um, But that's all I can really say about LeBron James. Now, going on to the last topic of today's uh, episode with the Utah Jazz. Tonight they play the Clippers. When this comes out, this could either be their 21st win in 22 games or 20 wins within 22 games. Right now they're at first place in the Western Conference. I mean... They are looking really, really good right now. That duo of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are looking great right now. Um, Especially last season. If you remember, we're getting around that time again where the whole COVID uh, thing started with, uh, guess who? Rudy Gobert and kind of shut down all of sports. Um, And him and Donovan Mitchell actually got COVID. And that brings back some really bad memories for me because i remember where i was when all that happened um good lord it's hard to believe that's almost been a year at this point since uh wow since everything happened with covid that is amazing that okay i'm gonna end the episode like this um Of course, I will wrap up what I was saying about the Utah Jazz. It's going to be really fun to watch them this season and especially how much they carry on. Have they peaked too early? Do I think they'll continue it? I really don't know, to be honest. Um, I know Dallas is playing like shit right now. so Utah right now is playing phenomenal, but I I always really like Utah and I kind of like what they've always been doing. They're they're always a consistent team. They really are, if you think about it. Um, They always are kind of always in the playoff hunt. And this year... I mean, winning 20 out of 21 games is just a difficult feat in itself, especially in an NBA season. Um, so I really think that if they can carry this forward, they got a really, really great shot uh, for a finals run. I think they got a great run at a championship. Honestly, I think they do. Seeing how this team's played, I think they do. Uh, but I'm going to end off the episode uh, what I was going on a tangent about. Which was that in about a realistically in less than a month, it will be the one year anniversary for when COVID shut down this entire fucking sports world. Not even just the sports world, but just the world itself. Isn't that so weird? How far we've came since COVID happened. I like I remember being in my dorm. With my, with my roommate, Jackson Epps, or my old roommate, Jackson Epps, who was, I was trying to get on the show today. Unfortunately, it was kind of a last-minute thing. He's at his girlfriend's house. Um, not much I can really do about that. By the way, shout-out to uh, Jackson and his girlfriend, Millie, on their three-year anniversary uh, that happened, I believe, this a week ago or so. But... It, it, it's also really, really cool to uh, see that. So congrats to you too, by the way. Just wanted to drop that in there. Um, anywho, but going on about that, I remember me and, my, me and Jackson were just shocked when that happened because we were not expecting that. I mean, I don't think anyone expected just... At the time, everyone was so afraid of COVID. And I think a lot of people still are, don't get me wrong. But the fear that there was... For COVID was just insane. Like, it's so hard to believe that a year ago, a year ago, almost a year ago. You know what will actually be funny? I wonder. Hold on. I kind of want to see something. If an episode will land on it. So, okay, no. So, huh. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. 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 Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to see if I could do something. Um, let me look up something very very quickly. Um I want to see if I could do a show that day. Okay. So, the day the NBA shut down, the day when everything stopped was March 11th. Which means realistically, realistically here, um if I were to do a show next week, that would mean that the following episode would fall right on the 13th, which, which is the year anniversary when everything shut down in the world. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Um. So, I think that's what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's what we're going to do. We are going to do episode 49 on the day where the entire world shut down, which was March 13th, 2020, year from now. Here we go, episode 49. So mark in your books, episode 49 is going to be an absolute banger because we are going to be taught because if that year, because here's what I hope I can do. Here's what I'm hoping I could do. Because realistically, I'm going to do episode 49 no matter what on the day. So, if there's not much news, expect an episode March 6th and then the COVID episode on March 13th. And if there's a ton of news this upcoming week, fingers crossed, I will do an episode on the 27th and then wait till the 13th and recap some stuff. So, either way, I am going to be doing an episode on the 13th of March. So that's gonna be wow that's gonna be an absolute interesting episode and i think you know what okay i already have my guest you know what we're gonna have my buddy jackson epps on the show and we're gonna talk about that because we were together at that time that the world shut down um wow this is gonna be an interesting one folks so that's going to wrap it up here for episode 47. Very, very short broadcast today. Not too much. Not too much that happened. But, uh, yeah. I think it was a pretty good episode. Recap some good stuff. And, uh, unfortunately, no guest this week. But, next week we will get another guest uh, on the show. I can promise that. Who it will be, I have no idea. Or whatever the next episode is. Whether it be next week, two weeks from now. Um, I don't know. I don't know when the next episode will be. We'll 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 see. I'll make sure to to kind of update y'all what the what the plan is for those of you who are actually who have listened to the entire broadcast. By the way, if you have listened to this entire podcast, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I won't keep your time any longer. Quick thirty minute episode today. Uh, thank you for listening. From myself, Max Samson and as always, have a pleasant good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening to you wherever or whenever you may be watching, or listening, sorry. I'm very used to saying that when I was in high school, the the watching part, but it's listening now. So thanks again, and we will see you for episode 38 either next week or the week after. So take care, everyone. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, if you're in Texas, uh, hopefully it gets warmer soon. So thanks again, and uh, see you next episode.